Well, welcome to Resurrection Sunday service. Amen. So good to see all of you here this morning. Title of my message is After the Cross. One of the things that he said, it was easier the second time to deny him. That's what he said. It was easier the second time to deny him. And it got easier until he was aware of what he was doing by the rooster, rooster crowing. Then he couldn't get away fast enough. You know, and I think we've all been there to where we wanted to fit in with the crowd and we didn't go along with what Jesus said. We went along with what the crowd said. We got caught up in the crowd instead of what God has called us to do. But Jesus, on this day, rose from the dead. If we wanted to get kind of close to it, it's, it's not 2,000 years ago, but it's like 1,982 years ago, Jesus rose from the dead. And his plan for the world went into motion. The word declares that from the foundations of the earth, from when the earth was created, God had a plan for all of us. When he created Adam and Eve, Ronnie, he had an end time plan for us. He, he knew that man would fall into the temptation and give in like um, Adam and Eve did, give into the temptation of life, the temptations that the enemy throws at us. He knew they would do that. And so he, plan, he had a plan, Bob, since he created the world. Okay, I'm gonna create man, but if they mess up, I'm gonna have a plan in place. And this was the plan, Jesus. Jesus was the plan. I'm going to read to you out of Isaiah 53 because we need to know what the plan is. We need to know what he came to do. Amen. Isaiah 53 verse four and six, it says, yet it was our weaknesses he carried. How many of you have any weaknesses? Jesus carried them. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God. See, when our, our weaknesses there, our weaknesses actually translate in the Hebrew, it's our sicknesses. It was our sicknesses that was put on Jesus. I can't imagine that Jesus was ever sick a day in his life. I mean, he's the son of God. So a man who's never been sick and a man who never sinned, Jesus never sinned. So he was like, you know, the perfect lamb. So you got Jesus who didn't know sickness, didn't know sin. And then God said, I'm going to put all of it on you. I'm going to put all their sin, all their sickness on you on the cross so that they can be forgiven and they can be healed. That's what he did. And a man who didn't know, as we talked about on Good Friday, the agony that he must have experienced from being under the weight of all of our sin. And I, I could think about just my own sin in my life, and I think that's enough to put anybody in agony. Don't laugh at me, man. Come on now. <laughs> we can start talking about everything. And he says, we, we thought his troubles were a punishment for God, a punishment for his own sins. Verse five, but he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. So he was whipped so we could be healed. All of us like sheep have strayed away. 
we have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. That's powerful. He was willing. You know, as we talked about on Friday, he's in the garden, the bleeding, sweating drops of blood because of the agony of the stuff being put on him. And he asked God, he said, God, Father, is there another way? Can we do something else right now? I'm not feeling this. Well, I think it was that he's feeling a little too much. The scripture says we've all strayed away. We've all strayed away from Jesus and done our own thing. In that we've all sinned and fall short of God's glory, of God's glorious plan. We've all sinned. There's nobody here that hasn't sinned. I remember I was preaching one day in our food ministry. I said, is there anybody here that's never told a lie? This guy's hand shot up. And I, I got wide-eyed. I looked at him. I said, really? He goes, nope, I just told another one. <laughs> Even a two-year-old kid knows how to lie. It's, it's like amazing. Where did you learn to lie like that? You know, My grandson knew how to hit. Somebody bugged him, he'd sock him in the head. At two, I'm like, you can't do that. We all stray away. And I look out here today, such beautiful people, wonderful people. And I see people who've discovered God's plan for them early in life. And they've done a pretty good job of following God all their life. You know, I just look around. Many, many, many years you've been following God. I look out here today and I see people that did good for a while. And then a hiccup came and caused them to stumble hard and the, the guilt and the shame has held you back for a while. How many of you have ever had a hiccup in your life? I also see people out here who are relieving the guilt and the shame by coming today. That making an appearance. That used to be me. All these things used to be me. I can remember when we would, I would have to make an appearance at church so they wouldn't call me. I'd have to make an appearance at church so my mom wouldn't say anything to me. I remember before I got right with God, I was at my mom's house and I'm standing there and I'm drinking a beer. And my mom says, you remember when you were gonna be a pastor, Ron? I'm like, oh. <laughs> then the pastor called me that week. And he said, hey, Ron, what church do you go to now? I'm like, I still go to yours. He's like, I haven't seen you in a while. I said, I know. I'll be there this Sunday. I told Delana, we're going every week, man. I'm never getting that phone call again. Maybe that's what I need to start doing is calling everybody. <laughs> but I had hiccups. I'd get going and then I'd get knocked off. And then one day, God told me, he said, this is it. This is your last chance. And I'm like, I'm sitting right down here, just behind you, Mama Carol. And God hit me and he said, if you don't do it now, you never will. Because my heart was getting hard towards God. You know, I've hiccup, I, had hicc I had hiccup enough that I was at that point where God said, you won't, you won't feel me anymore. 
I used to pray that Jesus wouldn't come. Because if he came, I knew I wouldn't go. So I pray, <laughs> believe it or not, I pray. And I say, God, please don't come today. Because I know, man, you come, I'm not going. It just seemed like life got interrupted all the time. And there was never enough time for God until I had an encounter with him. Until I met him. So how do you have an encounter with God? So that all the guilt, the shame goes away and we meet, move into the position of being fully committed to him fulfilling his plan for your life. Now, little side note right now. I know it's Easter. And um, if you think I'm talking about you, it's not intentional. I wrote my message last week. I didn't know who was coming, okay? <laughs> I used to think Delonda called the pastor every week. I said, man, why you got to call him on me, man? She's like, I didn't call him, I swear. I'm like, sure seems like he's always talking to me. <laughs> Because God wouldn't let up on me. So how do you get to that place where you're fulfilling his plan for your life? I'm going to start with number one, very basic. Stop thinking of the Bible as a fairy tale and start believing what it says. Start believing what it says. The whole Bible, the whole Bible points to Jesus and what he's done for us. You know, in, in the passage that we read today, it declares that he took all of our sickness, all of our pain to the cross. Does that sound like somebody that doesn't love you? It sounds like somebody is full of love for you. That nobody else in this earth has been willing to die for you, take your place for all the things that you've done. But Jesus, he took all our sins to the cross and died for the penalty of what we've done wrong. It was our sin that drove the nails in his hand. Romans 5, 8, it says, but God. Everybody say, but God. Showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. He did, well, even knowing what we were going through, even knowing what we would do, he, he died for us. That's love. That's a lot of love. And his love for us is incredible. The Bible declares that Jesus, as I said, never sinned. He's perfect, perfect. He was a perfect sacrifice because he had no blemishes. And what I mean blemishes, he had no sin. In the Old Testament, they would, they would take the, the goat of atonement, you know, with the, they were going to, they would sacrifice one at the temple, and then they would take another one to the edge of the city, and they would put the blood on the head of that animal and let it go out into the wilderness. And that, that blood represented the sins of the people. They'd put it on the head of the, the sheep, and it would go out, or the goat, whichever one they used. It'd go out into the wilderness. Now, the same thing happened with Jesus. That's what they did. The blood of Jesus was coming out. They took him outside the city and they crucified him just outside the city gates. I know that many people think it was, you know, it's written, we sing about on a hill far away, you know. But in the archaeological studies, they found a place where there's three square holes or rectangle holes just outside the gates of the city, there was a place where they would put signs to declare. And that's where they put the sign that, you know, Jesus was the king of the Jews and stuff. And so, but they found these three holes where they put the crosses. But an archaeologist went and he dug 
under, under there, he excavated under that area and they say that's where the Ark of the Covenant is that Moses had. But when he, when he found it, there was a substance on the lid. And he scraped that substance off and had it tested and it was blood. And the only person because of the DNA of it could have been Jesus. It was directly below where the cross was. And there was a crack running all the way up through to the, the middle hole up above. And that the thought is that the blood of Jesus came down on the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant and did the final thing for us. You won't hear about that a lot because people don't want you to know it. But when he did it, just think about a minute for all your, about all your sin. Think about everything you've done in your life for a minute. Jesus took it. He put it on himself. He took it. Okay. He put the crown of thorns on his head. They nailed him to that cross with all the weight of our sin. And he atoned for our sins. He paid the price. It's beautiful. He was the perfect sacrifice for each of us. So when you, when you start believing what the Bible says, the more you receive from Jesus because you learn about, the more amazing he is to you. I know I read it through every year. And as I read it through, I find things in there that I never knew before. I'm like, oh my gosh, he did all this for me. He did it for you too. So, but while reading, number two, receive his perfect love for you. Receive his love for you. It's amazing, his love. First uh, John chapter four, verse 18. It says, such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If you are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. It shows you've not fully experienced his perfect love. See, you can experience God's perfect love by just coming to him, by receiving that forgiveness, by receiving your healing. You can receive it from God, amen? You don't have to wait till you, you get to heaven where God's perfect love is for now, that you can come to him and say, Jesus, I receive what you've done for me. Be my God, amen? Be my savior. Deliver me from the things of this world and receive his love. And the great thing about that love, Delana, is it expels all fear of punishment. So when I came to Jesus and I gave my life to him, I began, I, I didn't have to pray anymore, please don't come. Because I was ready. I knew I was ready that if he came, I'm gonna go. That when he, that trumpet sounds, as the Bible says, there's gonna be a trumpet that sounds. And well, I'm gonna read it to you word for word here in a minute. Um, I'll do it now. <laughs> First Thessalonians chapter four, verse 13, it says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. I mean, you know, when my mom and dad passed, I knew they were going, so there was not a lot of grieving for me. I was, I was excited for my dad to go to heaven, but I was a little bummed that he went before me. I mean, here I've been striving, serving God, preaching, teaching, going, doing things, and, and my dad... It just come to the Lord at the age of 69 and a half, made a commitment to Jesus, and then he went to be with him at 71. I'm like, well, that's not very good. <laughs> but I have this assurance that he's there. And when my mom died, I cried for five minutes. I cried hard, mind you, but I knew where my mom was going. I had this assurance in my heart 
Mom's in heaven. She's up there with dad. They're up there with Jesus. And so, you know, we were able to do a, a wonderful service for my mom and for my dad. And with, without grieving so heavily, I mean, do I miss my mom and dad? Absolutely. I was very, very close to my mom. As all of us kids were, huh, Kelly? We, we, all, we all had like our times. We called mom every day, you know? We all went to work at different times and mom was the ride in and the ride home on the phone, you know? And uh, miss her dearly, but I don't grieve because I know where she is. I know she's with Jesus. Let's see, where did I leave off at? Okay. For since, verse 14, for since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. Okay, we tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then, together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. Everybody say forever. So encourage each other with these words. I'm here today to encourage you that there is hope in Jesus Christ, amen? That this isn't just it, amen? That we have a future with God. We have a future. The Bible says that we'll rule and reign on the throne of God with him, amen? That's the promise. I like that promise, Jake. I believe, I receive it. I receive Jesus and that's where I'm going. This is our future, if you believe Jesus and have surrendered your life to him, that's where you're going to go. Amen. You know, but there, there are guys like Pharaoh. You know, we watched the uh, Ten Commandments last night. It's like, it's Easter time. There's got to be a Jesus film on somewhere. <laughs> you know? We watched the Ten Commandments last night. And, and Pharaoh, you know, just when you look at Pharaoh and how hard his heart got against God. You know, Moses comes in there, let my people go. That's the musical part. <laughs> and Pharaoh says, no, not a chance. Moses throws down a staff, it turns into a snake, and then the magicians come, they throw down their staff, it turns into a snake. Moses' snake eats their snakes and turns back into a rod. You know, then they, they turn the turn to, um, river, Nile River into blood, and all the fish die and everything, and Pharaoh's heart gets hard. No, you know, then the frogs, then the flies, then, you know, it just, it's just terrible. And, you know, then the boils and stuff. I mean, oh, gross. You ever had a boil? Terrible thing. But still, he saw all, God do all this stuff. And his heart got harder and harder and harder. I remember, you know, when you read the New Testament, they say, just show us a miracle, Jesus. Just show us a miracle. It's like, I'm not going to show you a miracle because it's not going to cause you to believe. But they just wanted to see a miracle. But Matthew, Matthew 11, verse 21, it says, what sorrow awaits you, Chorazin and Bethsaida? For if the miracles I did in you had been done in wicked Tyre and Sidon, 
their people would have repented of their sins long ago, clothing themselves in burlap and throwing ashes on their heads to show their remorse. But when you see God move and you do powerful things and there's no remorse for what you've been doing, then your heart just gets harder towards the things of God to the point where I was at, where Jesus said, if you don't commit to me today, you never will. I'm like, oh. I was crying so hard, I ran to the altar right here and I just gave it all to Jesus. But sorrow will come to those that don't receive what Jesus has done and is doing and will do. The only answer is to receive the love of God, amen? The perfect love of God. It casts out all fear. Because, listen, fear leads to torment. So when, when you're living in fear for your life or whatever, it, it torments you. That's what the Bible says. It'll torment you. And you'll live in torment. And you'll be tormented. And, and you'll always be waiting for the bad thing to come to you. You'll always be fearful of what's next. Well, what's next? What's going to come at me next? How many of you ever thought that way? You don't have to raise your hand, but you know, what's next? Oh, I've been hit so hard. What's going to come next? You're just in fear of what's coming next. The only answer is to receive the love of God. See, no one else is lining up to pay the price for your sin. Nobody. Nobody else is lining up to die for you. Well, I'll take your punishment. Probably not even family members. There might be an older, elder grandma that says, I'll go for you. But that's not going to be enough. Because Jesus paid it all already. He said on the cross, he said, it is finished. He paid it all. So that we can be forgiven and we can be healed. You know, Delon and I travel all over the world and we've seen such amazing miracles. I snapped my finger in a deaf girl's ear one day and that ear popped open. Man, she was excited. We didn't speak the same language, but she hugged me and hugged my friend and ran off and I never saw her again, you know. I, like I said earlier, I look at Tim Brown over there, you know, could, couldn't take a lot of steps before and, and uh, couldn't hold his breath longer than four to six seconds. You know, couldn't do a lot of exercise without getting over exerted and he's down here yesterday helped me move you know 90 um cases of water amen. amen he's just he can breathe he can hold his breath longer than i can now i said how long you hold your breath minute 20 <laughs> lord help me <laughs> a minute 20 healed he was sitting over there where you are tim he was sitting right there. I was sitting up there on the stage. I said, Father, just touch him right now. Just touch him right now. Lord, heal his heart in the name of Jesus. And he went home and he told his wife, he said, I think Pastor Ron healed me today. I, I've corrected him. I don't heal anybody, amen. <laughs> Jesus heals us. And she says, well, let's see. How long can you hold your breath? At, at, at 40 seconds, he said she dropped the phone. Like, oh my gosh, I think he did. And Tim's just gotten stronger and stronger. He can hike now. He can walk. He can exercise. He not only helped me put out 90 cases of water yesterday, uh, two weeks ago, he helped me unload, what, 130, 140 cases of water? God's moving in him. And you know what? Tim's got a story. 
Tim, how long did you do drugs? About 35 years. 35 years. So you weren't some perfect guy that, that God just touched since a baby and his hand's been upon you. How long have you been going to church? How many times did you go through rehab? Four times. And God healed him. Amen. Amen. Now, don't think I'm putting Tim on the spot because Tim would tell you too. It's part of his testimony. But I'm telling you that today to realize so that you'll see, well, I'm not... I'm not so bad. I didn't do drugs for 35 years. Tim's not so bad either, man. He's a great man. I love him like a brother. God is no respecter of persons. If he did it for Tim, he'll do it for you. If he did it for me, he'll do it for you. Amen. He loves you. He declared the work was finished. He declared it on a Thursday, completed the process today, Resurrection Sunday. He beat death so that we now have access to God, amen? So that we can go into God and we can experience his perfect love now and not just in heaven. We can experience his love right now. His perfect love right now. All the fear will be gone, all shame will be broken, and all the guilt will be gone when you come to Jesus, amen? God the Father will come down... We'll, we'll look down on each of us. That's what he does. He doesn't look down on Delanda and say, oh, I see all your sin. See, because when he, when he came and Delanda gave her life to him and the blood of Jesus is what it declares, he washes away our sins. So now God the Father looks down at Delanda because Delanda, do you still sin sometimes? Yeah. Does anybody here still sin sometimes? That, no, God? Yeah. Me too. But he looks down and all he sees is the blood of Jesus, Amen. which covers you. So you're the accuser, the Bible says the devil's the accuser of the brother, the accuser of the church, that the devil goes and he accuses us day and night to God. He goes and tells God everything that we do. When you say something wrong, he's up there going, hey, did you see what Jake said? And he calls himself a pastor. <laughs> Sorry, Jake. <laughs> And God looks down and all he sees is the blood. He says, no, I don't see it. I don't see it. See, your life used to be a book written of stuff. It was all filled in. All your accounts of what we've done wrong are, are written down. And then he comes to, we come to him and then your life is like, not this page, but this page. It's clear. He erases everything. That God doesn't remember your sin any longer. He's like, I, I don't see it. I don't see what Delanda did. It's like, I, I can't get to it. I... I lost your place, man. I'm sorry. But that's what coming to Jesus does. Coming under the blood of Jesus in the sense of what he did on that cross. He shed his blood for all of our sins and all of our sickness and disease. Amen. So that we can come before him and we can be forgiven. And so when the devil tries to remind you of your past, Monica, you go, you just say, I don't know what you're talking about. Amen. I don't know what you're talking about. Amen. The devil's a liar, right? Amen. 
You're forgiven. You're free. You're not bound to what you've done in the past. I mean, you can't change your past. It's just under the blood of Jesus, and you have a clean slate with God. Amen? That's what he does. It just, it's just erased. Everything you did is erased. Amen? He's healing you. He's restoring you. He's redeemed you. Amen? Hallelujah. That's what he does. That's who God is. And it's all because, Elena, of his perfect love. God loved us. Amen. So he sent Jesus to be that perfect offering for us so that we don't have to pay. We're forgiven. We're free. And the only thing is, is we have to receive it from God. The devil will always try and remind you of your past. He'll always try to, to get you to, to stumble. And he'll always try to make you so busy you don't have time for God. It all comes down to who needs the perfect love of God. Who needs all fear washed away? Who needs all the guilt and the shame of this world just knocked off you? We can do that right now. It's just making a decision. Deciding where you want to spend eternity. Because how many of you know we're all going to die? Unless he comes and we hear that sound and we hear that trumpet. And then we're not going to die. We're just going to go up. Just be a pile of clothes laying right here and I'll be gone. I'd love it on a Sunday morning. And I hope that all the chairs would be empty when we get out here. Amen. <laughs> All we have to do, you just have to believe that God loves you. You just have to believe that he died for you and he rose from the dead. And that he is sitting at the right hand of the father right now in heaven. And that what he did, he did for you. You can't keep thinking that the Bible's just a fairy tale or a myth or a a book of stories. It's God's word. It's God's plan. His plan of redemption. His plan of redeeming our lives actually from the pit of hell. So where we may be on that path, well, I know I was on that path in a hurry to, to go to hell. But that one Sunday, right there, you know, I, I usually sat in the back I always sat in the back, man. I sat in the back on the center aisle. You know why, Kelly? So the pastor could see me and mom knew I was here. <laughs> I'd sit right in the back, you know, and I'd lean my head out. So he knew. So I, it, but when it came to this time, out that door, Barbara, I'd get out quick. I'd be like, I'm gonna go get the kids. And I thought I was hiding all my sin, you know, because I'd come here. I mean, I'd smoke and drink and all that stuff on Saturday, but on Sunday I'd shower and I'd like no cigarettes, no drink, no nothing, you know, come to church, no smell. You know, then my kids would go to children's church and they'd ask the pastor, please pray for my mom and dad that they, they stop smoking and stuff. My dad not drink anymore. I'd be like, you know, you think you got it all hidden, but it gets revealed. Yep. Uh, nothing will be hidden. Nothing will be hidden. But I'd sit back there, Andrea, and I'd, 
I'd head out the door. Until that day, that day the usher, he seated me right here. I'm like, this is too close. I can't get up. I can't get out. I mean, I may have not been following God, but I was always obedient, you know? Usher sat me here. I'd sat here. I'm like, oh, man, why did he do that? And while I was sitting here, the Holy Spirit came to me, and he began to just touch my life. He began to just speak to my heart, and he, he told me, he said, this is the last time I'm coming to you. This is the last time you'll feel my touch. Your heart is at the point where you won't receive it anymore if you don't commit your life to Jesus today. Man, I was crying so hard I couldn't wait for the preacher to shut up. <laughs> but then he stands up there and he says, there's somebody here today. This is your last chance. He said, I'm not saying you're going to go out this church and die, but your heart is at that point. If you don't respond now, you won't ever. You know, and I'd responded many times before when I was younger growing up. But I'd had this season of running away from God. But that day, Danny, instead of running out the back when it got hot, I ran right here to the front. And the pastor led me in a prayer. I confessed Jesus is Lord. And I gave my life to him. And everything that he called, had called me to when I was 18 years old came back alive. And we got on that path of what God created us for. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for your word today. I thank you, Father God, that you wrote this love letter to each one of us out of your amazing love for us, God. That you sent your son Jesus to die for us and to raise from the dead to pay the price for all of our sin and sickness. Jesus, I love you so much and I thank you for the love that you have for each one of us here today. I thank you, Jesus, that you created a plan for us and that all we gotta do is just commit our lives over to you. Our sacrifice is to praise you, to exalt you. Lord, let us lift up a sacrifice of praise today by making a commitment to you today. With your heads bowed, nobody looking around, but maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Ron, I need to make that commitment to Jesus today. I'm not asking you to join our church. I'm just asking you to make a commitment to Jesus. I mean, I happen to love this church, but if you need a, another one, that's great. But maybe you're here today and you just want to raise your hand and say, Pastor, I want to make that commitment today to Jesus. If it's you, just raise your hand right now. I'm not going to embarrass you or anything. Just raise your hand and let me know right now. I'm making that commitment to God today. Anybody here, just go ahead and raise your hand right now. Okay, then I'm going to assume that you've all made that commitment to Jesus. Why don't we all just say this prayer together? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus. 
that he came to earth. He was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, and died for the punishment of all my sins. Jesus, I receive what you've done for me. Please forgive me of all my sins. And please heal me of all disease. I give you my life. Let the Holy Spirit guide me in my thoughts and in my decisions as I grow in Jesus every day. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand today. Now, if you didn't come to the front, you didn't raise your hand or whatever, but you said that prayer, you meant it, you're now ready to meet with God when he calls. Whether he calls you to the grave here on this earth or he calls you up into heaven one day, you'll be ready, amen? And we thank God that you're all here today. And I want to introduce a friend to you. Andy, if you'll come. Give Andy a hand as she comes today. Come on up here. Delana, why don't you come on up with us? Now, as we've been moving forward from all the, the COVID stuff and all the shutdown stuff, we've changed our whole staff completely in the last year. I remember Delana and I doing Easter Sunday at home last year by the cameras. And oh man, it just it was just such a bummer to not be in person. And, you know, our objective is to bring things back that we were doing like children's church. And Annie's going to be our new children's director um, starting in a couple of weeks. Yeah, amen. She has a passion for children to see them grow in the Lord. And so we're, we're looking to start in a couple of weeks. But one thing that we need is she can't do it alone. So how many of you would volunteer to help? I see one. I see two. I see three. I see four. I see five. Do I see six? <laughs> I see six. <laughs> Do I got a seven? We're, we're, we're going to just start with preschool and um, elementary first, and we'll wor work on um, the nursery as some of you start having babies. <laughs> so the Spanish church, we're going to be doing it jointly. They're going to be helping us. And so I, I saw... Did you see all the hands? Yes. You can go. I'll be in the back. You'll be in the back. <laughs> and also, Andy will be in the back today with a box full of bags of candy for the kids. So um, just stop, greet her parents, and, and welcome her um, right out here in the middle foyer. But we want to pray for Andy today. Uh, so could you stretch out your hands towards Andy today? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for Andy, God. Lord, for her love for children, Father God, and her passion for you. Lord, I know that she loves you so much, Father God. And I pray today that there be a covering over Andy, Father God, all the days of her life, that you cover her, protect her, her family, Father God, that, Lord, your glory would just be in her and on her, that you give her words of life for our children, Father God, that, Lord, there'd be a transformation in our children like never before, that, Lord, that they'd come out of children's church, Father God, knowing the word of God, knowing the love of God. And Lord, that they would just grow in you, that Lord, and that when they were old, they'll not depart from it, God. I pray, Lord, you give Andy that supernatural strength, Father God. And again, that hedge of protection around her. 
Father, we love her. We love you. We thank you for her commitment and her life. Lord, we just bless her today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Thank you, Andy. I mean, there's lots we want to do, but it takes a lot of people to make this world go around. Amen. You've seen how many people on the worship team are up there. Liz, you're doing a great job. We love your team and what's happening there. Amen. So, there are, see, somebody's going to come and make announcements right now. Liz is. All right. <laughs> All right, so I know you guys want to go home and barbecue and everything, so make this quick. So as you guys know, the men's, uh, there's a men's Zoom meeting. How many of you guys are attending that right now? All right, awesome. And then the link is obviously in our website, so if you want to go ahead and attend that. I know my husband, Pastor Jake, he attends it, and he tells me wonderful things about it, and he enjoys being on it and he learns so much from it. So if you're a guy, I encourage you to go ahead and connect. Amen. Then Tuesday we have live at five and I have here with Mr. Scott Allen. Is that correct? Go ahead and wave your hand. Wave to everybody. That's Mr. Scott Allen right there. And you guys will be discussing 1 Corinthians 10, 3 to 6 and Revelation 1, 5, 6, right? All right, it's, I have very detailed announcements here. <laughs> and then there's also 7 p.m. prayer on Tuesdays. How many of you guys are tuning in for that? God has been really moving in a mighty way. So I know last week it was the ladies. It was so amazing. It was fire. So, you know, we're if you have prayer requests, go ahead on Facebook. Is it on YouTube now? It's on YouTube as well. So many of you guys, if you're like, I don't have a Facebook, it's on YouTube now. And you can send your prayer request, amen? And we'd love to pray with you. Wednesdays we have at 7 p.m. Bible study. We're on the book of Ephesians. And then Wednesday nights, how many youth here today? Nobody? Youth? Youth? Well, what is it, 12 to 18? Yeah. So go ahead and wave your hand, Pastors Maggie and Mario. They are the young, the, the pastors for the youth. So if you have from this age, go ahead and talk to them. They meet here on Wednesdays at 6.30 and then 7 p.m. they start. So they hang out 6.30 and they would love to get to know you. Then on Friday nights, we have Sia, which is the Young Adults Ministry with my husband and I, Pastor Jake and myself. Amen. Woo! Yeah, so if you're 18 and over and it's Friday night, you don't have anywhere to go, come join us. We would love to meet you, love to have you. Then we hang out and we talk about God and it's just so amazing. Then we have Joy Group. Yes, Joy Group. I love how joy groups get gets more excited than like the younger group. You know, they're like, woo! So April 12th at 5.30 p.m., our senior group, 55 and older, a meal and worship and the word. Amen. So that's going to be great. So we invite you guys to come. Then we have our blood drive, another blood drive coming up. <laughs> Amen. So come and join us for that. That's Wednesday, April 21st, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And as Maggie always tells me, you get cookies at the end too. So 
If you want free cookies, come and donate your blood. Then we have, next week, we have ushers and altar workers meeting. And that's for next Sunday after service with Pastor Delanda. Amen, with Pastor Delanda. So if you're interested in that, don't leave next week. Just, just stay put and it's going to be right here. Okay? And then for first time visitors, if you're here for the first time, please raise your hand. Okay, awesome. So we invite you to go to We Connect Corner in the inner foyer to meet with Damaris. Damaris, will you wave your hand? That's Damaris. For a few minutes, amen. And we would love to connect with you. So there's a lot going on. If you guys want to get, you know, busy during the week, Sunday's just not enough. We have a lot going on. Amen. So go ahead and stand on your feet. Also, thank you, Mario. Go ahead and stand on your feet. As Pastor Ron said, we do need a lot of help. So we believe that we are growing. Amen. We are growing God's kingdom. And if you're interested in ushers or altar workers or children's ministry, or um, as we see here with our cameras, with our sound, with our media, worship team, whatever you want to get involved with, there's so much that you can do that God can use you. Amen. You know, I just wanted to say real quick, I've heard the excuse over and over again so long that I, I just have to address this. You know, you have several people on the worship team to where they're not up there every Sunday, right? They take turns. Isn't that awesome? So that they can have some Sundays off. Well, you know what? The more people who volunteer to help out in children, guess what? Same thing can happen where it's a rotation where you can get some Sundays off. And so it's not the burden on just those that never get a Sunday off, but the more people who show up, you get to relieve people and then everybody gets to enjoy themselves and serve at the same time. Great deal, right? So sign up. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Pastor Delon. It's so true. All right, now let's pray to be dismissed. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. For just this amazing service, Lord, we thank you from the praise and worship, Lord, to the offerings, to the skit, to the word, Lord. Just thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your love. Thank you for everything that you've done for us, Lord. Thank you because of that, we can live a free and abundant life, Lord. And that's what we choose. We choose life. We choose to live freely and enjoy for you, Lord. And we thank you. We give you all the praise, all the glory. Bless everybody here and their families, Lord. We cover them from head to toe with your holy and mighty blood. In Jesus' mighty name. And the church says, amen. 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 Have a good Sunday, guys. Enjoy your week. <laughs>